guys in the back another time. It's open to you guys. But as I was thinking, and I was thinking and praying, I was like, I don't want to just invite people over just to sing. We can do that on Sundays. We can do that. You can do that in your car. And I, I was asking, I was like, if there's one thing you want me to talk to people about, what would it be? And I battled with this for weeks, just thinking about this night. I know it sounds crazy, just such a casual, casual night. But it's something that's been in my heart and something that's been really thinking about. And, and God put something on my heart that has been like interrogating my brain for the past year. This one thought. And every single day there's just been one thought. It's, it is, like, you know how sometimes you think of one thing and it goes to another? I've been on this train of thought for the past year. So before I get to that, before I dive into some verses, I just want to ask you guys three questions. They're not trick questions. So don't worry. You're not going to get them wrong. It, all you have to do is, if your answer is yes, put your hand up. It's that easy. Okay. First question. Who here believes that Jesus is God? All right, we're good. <laughs> That's what I thought. Who here believes that Jesus died on the cross for our sins? Very good. <laughs> Surprise when you put his hand up. <laughs> Who here believes that this word is God's word inspired, given to us, ultimately true? Everything in here we can trust is legit, no question about it. All right. That's good. That's like exactly the answer I thought you guys would give me. But here's the question I want to ask you guys today. Is do we truly believe this book? Like I know we just said we believe that it's the legit word of God, but do we truly believe the words in this book? So I just want to open up to some scripture. One scripture that's been on my heart this, for the past six months. I'm going to read it. It's Matthew 6, 33. I'm reading from the NIV. I'm actually going to read from 625 to 23, just so we can kind of get what it's actually talking about. So, if you guys want to open up, you can. If you don't want to, it's not a big deal. So is it? Matthew 6, 25 to 33. In my Bible, it says, it's captioned, do not worry. So here you go. That's got to get some light, because I can't see. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or, uh, or about your body and what you will wear. Is life not more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in any barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is God, how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and thrown into the fire tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But here it is right here. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. See, who's read that before? Everyone. We've all read it. We all know it. And you know, reading this, I, I, I'm not so focused on like, what shall I eat? What shall I? I'm not thinking about those little points. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying that we should trust God to like, show us what we're going to eat and what we're going to wear. I'm focusing on the concept of what God's talking about. And he's basically saying here, Seek me first, and I'm going to provide 
This isn't some prosperity. I'm not saying he's going to give you Ferrari. I'm not saying he's going to give you a nice house. Like that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, but in God's word, it's there's when you read it, you know, God has all these promises. He has these commands. He has these worldly advices that he gives us, and that if we follow it, our lives will be in sync with His, and we will live joyfully. Like if you look in Proverbs three five to six, it says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding." But trust in my ways, and I will show you which path to take. That's a promise. Do we know that's a promise? God says, don't depend on yourself. Forget what you think. Trust in me. Lean on me, and I'll show you which path. Do we believe that? You know, Do we actually believe that? If I put all my trust in God, God is going to lead my path. Really. And then that's what this verse, Matthew 6.33, got to my heart. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So I'm not saying, you know, we, we all have to work. We all have jobs. We have cars. We have, you have to pay for a house. You have to pay for your family. We have all these things we have to take care of. But how many of us are saying, God, it's all yours. Figure it out for me. I'm going to be diligent in how I manage it, but it's all subject to you in the end of the day. That's, you know, that's where I feel like, because I've been saying to myself, I, of course I believe God's word, but when I read this and I started, God started to put it on my heart, I was like, I don't think I'm trusting God. I don't think I actually believe him enough to take care of me. I don't think I believe him enough to say, I'm going to let go of my life and say, God, I know your plan is the best. I'm going to lean on your understanding and you're going to take care of me. So that's the biggest thing that God's been putting up. Not this, not that. Just do you trust me? Do you trust me? Because you trust me for salvation. You trust me that I died on the cross. You say I'm God of the world, but you won't let me manage your finances. You won't let me manage your relationships. You won't let me manage your friendships, your work, and this and that. But you trust me for eternity. But when it comes to these things, we're like, I can see it, I manage it. I can see it, I manage it. You know, God is not interested in 50-50. He doesn't want you to give him, okay, God, you work out the eternal life thing, and I'm going to work out everything else. God is saying, seek me first. All these things around you, be diligent in them, but I'm going to make ends meet. I will, at the end of the day, I have the final say. I'm going to take care of you. Do you trust me? And you know what? In our churches and in our circles and in the North American culture, this is the question I had to ask myself is, if we truly live that way, these places would be so different. They would be upside down different if people just actually sought God first and cared about everything else second. Mm-hmm. You guys get what I'm trying to say? I'm not saying neglect everything else. Put God first and whatever it looks like, you're not going to care about those things anymore. You're not going to care about your car. You're not going to care about this. This You're just going to want, how can I seek God more and more and more with everything that I have and I trust that, you know, you're going to take care of it. See, that's the life. When you truly trust the word of God, you're going to live a life in such a manner where you're not going to care about everything else in a good way. You know, we have to condition ourselves and pray and ask the Lord, you know, to make us fully coming after Him. Like you're chasing after Him. I see the trick of water. <laughs> but, you guys know what I'm trying to say? I'm not trying to bash the stuff around us. I'm trying to say, it's all good. But what are our eyes focused on? What, where's our trust really lie? Because it can apply to everything in our lives. Everything. So with that, God put that in my heart, you know, just to diligently seek Him and everything. And I'm not there yet. I'll tell you straight up. 
I do not trust God with everything in my life. I know it sounds really hypocritical. I'm hosting worship night and all this stuff. I think some of us can relate that we read this, we believe it's true, but we don't believe it by living it. Because I tell you, when we actually believe that God's word is so true and intimate, it will come out of our lives naturally. It will be fruit. You know, a good chair, a good chair, a good tree (laughs) bears good fruit. A good chair is stable. You know? <laughs> it worked out, right? It worked out. <laughs> so, with that said, you know, I'm here to say today is, yes, we can trust the Lord for those things. Yes, we can put our trust in God and take our eyes off everything else and trust Him with that. But there's also one other thing that God showed me. And you know, we... God has abundance for us. God has life for us. God has all this stuff for us if we trust Him. But God also gives us warnings. God also gives us commands. God also gives us, you know, things to abide by. So I just want to do a little example. And you're the perfect guy to do this dialogue with. No worry, you don't think anything. You can sit there. So just follow this example. The reason I picked him is because I could have picked a couple people in here, but I think Munir is like a business-oriented guy, so he would kind of understand so let's say I'm a financial advisor. Let's assume that everything I say is legit. Everything I know, everything. Okay, like in the financial world, I'm the guy to go to. I'm always right. It's not like a joke. Just let's assume that for the exercise, right? Munir comes to me. We're buddies. He gives me his life. Uh, what do you call it? Your life savings. Hundred thousand dollars. He's been investing in me for over a year, and he's making mad cash. He's going hard. He's balling. You know what I mean? And everything I say, can you invest in this? Boom, stock goes up, he gets it. Boom, boom, boom. You get what I'm trying to say? He has trust in me. So, all your money's in the accounts. And I call you up and say, hey, Munir, buddy, you had a good run? Sell it today. Stock's crashing tomorrow. 100%. This is, I'm not skeptical about this. This is going to happen. What would you do? Sell it. Exactly. What would you guys do? Why would you sell it? What would you say? Cash it up right away. Yeah, sell it. Yeah. Why would you sell it? <laughs> well, you trust me, right? Yeah. You trust because I, I haven't led you wrong before, right? Not once. Exactly. So you would sell it. Why? Because you don't want to risk any loss. And that's what I'm saying. You know, in the... In the word of God, that we, we have to believe him for his abundance. We also believe him for his warnings. Because you know what's funny, but also the saddest part of all is that God has these pages filled with warnings on how we should live our lives and how we should abide in him and all these things about the end. And you know, we look at it and we ignore it. Just for an example, Revelation 3 it says, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Luke 9, 62, I believe it is, is he whoever picks up the plow and then looks back at the world isn't fit to be my disciple. You guys get that one? Luke 14, 33, he says, he who cannot give everything up for me is not worthy of being my disciple. Then you get to Matthew 7, 13. In Matthew 7, 20, those rough verses where narrow is the gate. It's difficult. Only a few will ever find it. And you get to Matthew 7, 21, which is even 
my, I think the most terrifying verse in the Bible says, Lord, Lord, people will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, then I prophesy and then I do this in your name and this, 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 and this. And God's like, I didn't know you. You didn't live for me. You didn't do the will of the Father. So we have explicit warnings and explicit, all these things. But yet we would save $100,000 in an instant. But we say we trust the Bible. We, we trust the God of this world and we read his words. But yet we jump into sin. We dabble into sin and we say, oh, he spit me out of his mouth. It's ah, unfortunate. I gotta tell you, Matthew 7, 21 to 23, those guys were casting out demons, those guys were prophesying, those guys were doing miracles in Jesus' name. What are we doing? You guys are at my house on a Saturday night. That's it. I'm not saying we're not doing things, but like, these guys were rolling it, you know what I mean? Casting out demons, doing miracles. And then we're here, we go to church on Sunday, we go to small group on a Wednesday, our Bible doesn't ever get opened maybe once or twice, and then we say, we're following Jesus, I believe His Word. I'm telling you guys, if you believe His Word, you would be on your knees every single day because you know the God of this world, He's not playing games, He's not here to mess around. He's here and He's serious, whatever He says. And you don't know when your time's up. You don't know when you're going to breathe your last breath. You don't know when He's going to come down and take us all away, those who believe. And we play, and we act like we got time. We act like we look at the Word and we're just like, Speak me out of his mouth? What does that even mean? That means you're going to hell. Do, do we ever talk about that anymore? Those who pick up the plow and look back are not fit to be my disciples. Where do you think that person ends up? Hell. Luke 14, 33. He who doesn't give up everything for me is not worthy of being my disciple. Where do those people go? They're not going to purgatory. That doesn't exist. They're going to hell. You know what I mean? This is serious stuff. And that's why I want to ask, I don't want to be so doom and gloom, but... When we say we believe the Bible, when we truly say that we believe these words, we got to believe it. We got to mean it. If we don't mean it, we're lukewarm. If we don't mean it, you might as well just throw this in the garbage. If you're not going to follow it, you might as well just throw it in the garbage because you're on your way to hell anyways. I know that sounds harsh, but I'd rather you call me an idiot and hate me and say, Matt was way too hard. And I tell you the truth rather than I just lie to you and have you guys come over play some music and eat some dip after and have fun. You know what I mean? That's not what I'm about. And I, you know, we're lacking that in our North American culture. We have some great churches. The church I go to is great. We have some great, I don't know how your church is, they have a great Instagram. But like, <laughs> we really need to, like, you know, just take ourselves seriously. So I just want to end it on this verse. I just want to end it on this. You know, it's, again, again, another trustworthy verse that we can just, like, think about the words that I'm saying when you hear this. I'm going to read it slow. Maybe I'll read it twice just so we can grasp what God is saying. This is a truthful message, not a doom and gloom message. It's found in Jeremiah 17, 7. It goes, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out the roots by the stream it doesn't fear when he, he comes its leaves are always green it worries it has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit what it's saying here is a guy who puts all his or woman puts all his his or her faith into the lord he's never going to lack he's never going to be thirsty when the winds come and ice storms and all this stuff he's always going to be green and guess what he's always going to bear fruit 
these are things we got to think about. You know, we're all in different spots in our life. Some are working, some are having kids. You know, we're having kids. You guys just got married. You guys, you're about to get married eventually. <laughs> this guy just bought a new car. Dennis, I have no clue what you're doing right now. <laughs> you know, something like we're all like we're all in different places, different relationships. Some some of us we're doing stuff we should, some we shouldn't. You know, and. You know, God has grace. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you are. God says, come to me. If you're breathing today, God is saying, come to me. God is saying, I don't care what you did. We can make that right, but follow me, you know. And God, you know, we all have our messed up stuff, but God is calling us all to the same purpose. Seek after him. Chase after him. That's it. With all our So that's the one thing I want to play out to you guys is, do we truly believe this word? That's the one thing. As we're worshiping tonight... I'm sorry, because I'm getting my mouth shut. Ask the Lord, like, to examine your heart and say, God, do I truly believe your word? Like, really, do I truly believe your word? That's serious stuff. And your life will be completely different when you come to that realization that we're maybe not hitting the mark. So anyways, we're going to be worshiping. I don't know how many songs we have, but we're going to, like, we're not really big on time.